hello and welcome. Uh, it's another week inside. We're all cooped up and we're all caged in. And obviously, that's what you're listening to, Caged In, with me, your host, Petrus Patsilovus, a podcast where week by week I break down a Nicolas Cage film with a guest, sometimes on my own, sometimes it's a shambles, sometimes it's a load of fun, but I like to go on that I am the least informed Nicolas Cage podcast. There is, there's many of other Nicolas Cage podcasts out there, but none as unique as this one. Uh, last week's episode was an amazing chat with Todd Farmer, the writer and actor from Drive Angry. Whereas this week, I will be talking about Trespass. And I was joined this week by Joe Chendango. Joe has a podcast called Flyover State of Film. He does it with a few of his buddies. Um, just check those guys out. Sure, in the episode, you'll hear him plug it. You'll hear, yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. Not the film, the episode. Uh, I was going to say that right up front. The film is no good. Uh, but before we get into the discussion I had with Joe about Nicolas Cage, and trespass uh he lo- he, he's, a, he's a big cage fan and he, he he wanted to talk a lot about cage and i'm always there for it um let's go over though to my mate the old anagram hunter as you all know that is thomas underscore w underscore hunter on twitter and he is there for all your anagram needs and this week let's say Let's see if it has anything. There we go. It gives us a little nugget of what to expect with Trespass. And uh, his anagram this week is Pst Arse. So that, 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 that for you guys trying to work out the anagram, it's P-S-S-T. So Pst dot 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 Arse as in A-R-S-E. Uh, the British proper way of saying Arse, not A-S-S, not Ass ass so it's ass um i'm gonna i i normally wait till the end of the episode but i've already said that i i did not enjoy this film so i think that anagram is very much on point for this movie so yeah without further ado here's the conversation i had with joe What happens when you get the bad guys from Home Alone 3 and put them in an R-rated movie? Well, you get this week's movie, Nicolas Cage's second film with Joel Schumacher, Trespass. It's a hostage thriller, maybe lacking in some of the thrills. But like any good burglar, I don't go to a job alone. I'm joined by flyover state of film podcast host, Joe. How are you doing, Joe? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm very well, I, yeah. It's been a, It's been a... A busy week of recording and getting stuff done and just immersing myself in that cage-like work ethic. Oh, man. Oh, the work ethic of him is insane. But I'm really excited to be here. Uh, uh, if you follow me on Twitter or listen to Flyover, you know, um, the people would know I'm a huge cage fan. Um, not just fan. Like you, I like discussing, I like talking about it. And it's not just the, the craziness of that. It's actually the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. So... You've just answered my first question I ask all my guests, which is, oh. are, are you a Nicolas Cage fan? You very much are. And yes. th- which leads me to my second question, which is, what was the first Cage movie you remember seeing that kind of had an impact on you? Oh, so uh, my Cage backstory is fun. 
Um, so I'm 28. Uh, and the first R-rated movie we owned, well, I was allowed to see and it ended up actually being one of my first DVDs was Face Off. Probably on its release year, too. So that's my, my memory. And I always was like, this movie's great. And I always liked, you know, I watched, I was always a fan. I watched this stuff growing up through high school. Then I went to college and I mean, my one buddy uh, started off a bit of a goof and then it became kind of serious is every year, like twice a year, especially during semester, we would do a Cajun beers where we watch three to four Cajun movies a day of all variety, whether it's the crazy, the action to the, um, to the uh to the just like the new one or why not we essentially drink a case of beer watch all the movies then go <laughs> out at night it was a blast and then since then uh you know a cage aficionado basically but face off it would be the the first strong memory um what was it about face off that like pulled you in was it like the kind of like most people say it's that it's that first 10 minutes because that's one thing I always say and I've said it many times on this podcast is it's really that first 10 minutes he's cast a Troy and the like the rest he's Sean Archer basically and it's, it's, the, it's that that draws you in like I think like I'm trying to remember back to like pre it being like his face off just being like this is one of my favorite movies and being like 12 yeah. uh it's that first few minutes it's not grasping what goes on also with him being a child murderer and like him like uh you know doing the head roll as the <laughs> as the as the priest and putting the bomb and the tool guns like i remember writing that for with like telling friends to rent it during sleepovers because it was just this is this is cool and it's a r-rated movie i was allowed to watch um but I would say that would definitely be the first cage, like full out memory draws you in, stuck with me. And then to grow up a little older and realize how long that thing was. Oh yeah, it's a long movie. So I've I, on this podcast, I've actually done a uh, a commentary track for Face Off, which uh, you can start with the movie, and yeah, it will be me and two of my friends just getting drunk and oh hell yeah. Trying to talk, trying to talk, trying to make sense of what's going on in that movie because it is it is a long beast, and by the end of it, one of us fell asleep. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll let the listeners find <laughs> out which one of us it was, uh, but that's a fun ride. Um, so, Face Off is your first one, but what is your favourite Cage movie? Everybody has their favourite, whether it's the Crazy Cage or the the, the actor Cage. The ooh, um, huh. I, I, I do find these questions, I find that question harder uh, when I am, like I said, like a, such a big fan that I don't, if I had to find one that was rolling, I'm going to pick two. Yep, I'm going to go in two camps. I'm going to go in two camps here. I go in two camps of uh, your crazy beer movies yep. and like party movies. And then I think there's uh, where I'm, I see Cage is like the full blown actor. And for me, the one I'm, uh, I, I've ran to death. It was a tape. It would be broken. It would be Con Air. <laughs> um, I find Con Air a ton of fun. Um, scene for scene. Uh, it's silly. It's entertaining. And honestly, it's just a better, it's a good movie. And he's not even the best part in it sometimes. Um, and that's all right. Like I do think Cage gives people the 
he eats the scenery, but he gives people the room to like also eat the scenery, oh, which is fun. Well, that movie there is like there's a good few scenery chewers in there. There's so like, that's my like that's my pick for like yeah all of them. Um, or not all of like the main and then the serious actor. Actually, you just did an episode on it. It's one I refer people to, and I swear it would have been a bigger hit if he was in is Joe. I think he's at his best in Joe as an actor. Um, like it's just subtle. It's a serious movie. Um, I know at the time it was that and Mud got released, and I actually thought that was a better version of Mud. Well, it was a very interesting year. So looking at the year, it's 2013. Mm-hmm. It came out the same year as like Blue Ruin, which is very much in that same vein of that kind of look at kind of out like outback America, basically, kind of like small towns and how they get on. And Joe is a fantastic movie. I've, yeah. It's up there as kind of like... Cage, it's, it's Cage's uncut gems, as it were, in that like... He's he kind of like been pigeonholed as this kind of like off the wall crazy actor, and like as Sandler was for like just doing these dumb like Happy Madison comedies. But then he came out like Cage came out with Joe, and it is like I I don't I don't quite understand how that movie never got any like Oscar nods or like any any kind of. I think I bring that up because I have the same feelings of that. It's one of the ones that was like. You listen to critics that year, and it was the dark horse. It was people's dark horse, but no one picked it up. No traction. It barely got funding. And this, I, I was actually, I was reading. Um, I'm sure you saw it. it. Was like a, it was like a Reddit thing or something recently of a guy watched all the straight to DVD movies, mm-hmm. um, and he posted about them and reviewed them briefly. And they had Joe on there, and I, I, I just only internally went. That shouldn't be on your list. There, that is not of that is not in the DVD caliber. You should be reviewing. Nice. Trash passes, however. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Joe would be that pick. Uh, like I guess I could. I think we could sit here and ramble off a bunch of other really good, just acted well acted movies. Like uh, a really popular one um, is Lord of War for people. Like that's where yep. they go. Wow, great actor uh, adaptation. Obviously. Um, so I, I like, even recently, I mean, the big one recently is Mandy. Um, you know, Color Out of Space was really cool uh, on our podcast. We just did a dual episode of Mandy and Color Out of Space. Well, it seems that, um, like, Mandy, Color Out of Space, and I, I don't know what it's going to be called if it's Wally's or Willie's Wonderland, almost seem like a kind of, like, tone trilogy that Cage is working in. I'm yet to see Color Out of Space, but just from, like, the kind of aesthetics of them and like cage leaning into this like grind house with an art house flair to them it's Gus- worth the rental um put it this way if i sort of like mandy's the more mandy's the better film yep uh call out of space has more of um it's definitely a lower budget but that's still okay it's actually the dude who did um the guy who directed um uh, the island of Dr. Moreau that got kicked off. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Richard Stanley. Yeah, we we just talked about. Um, he it's his first directorial like since then. Yeah, he, he's he he's like um, uh, one of my like I 
like dream guests like Richard mm-hmm. Stanley, Panos Cosmotos oh, are, are, are my are, are my dream guests because I hope you get I hope you get both <laughs> of them. I don't know how easy Richard Stanley is to get a hold of. Well, um, he is British, so I've got that. I've got that swinging in my favor. Uh, so, so yeah, there's that. I feel like Cage was more doing what he did for like, like mom and dad in Colorado Space than mm-hmm. what he was doing in Mandy. But that's really, that's well, really all. Well, it feels like we could just talk about just Cage as an entity all night, all day. Yeah. I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. But I'll come back. I'll come back for others to. <laughs> <laughs> we we we've we've got a very pressing matter at hand, which is discussing trespass. So this movie, um, this, it's very much in the vein of. I don't like. For me, I'm finding it hard to talk about because I've just literally come off watching this movie and. Okay, I watched it last night and then I put it on during work today, so I kind of absorbed it a bit more. Well, it's got a, like, the setup for this movie is a husband and wife at home. So it's Cage plays, yeah, C- Cage plays the husband and his wife, Sarah, is played by Nicole Kidman. Their daughter doesn't really want to be at home. She wants to go out. And then all chaos ensues. They essentially get burgled by the burglars from Home Alone 3. Like, like what, what, like what did you, what did you think of this movie, Joe? Okay, so th- we this one was one I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, closer to its release, actually, and I remember we watched it. We watched it for the Cajun beers probably back in 2011 when it was released, and we were like, or maybe 2012, and we were like, it's fine. Like I remember thinking, like it's not, a, it's not horrible. It's very forgettable. <laughs> um, it, 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 you're right, though. It has a hard to talk about. But my main memory of this movie is it's right when blockbusters were closing. Like, <laughs> there was one near my college, and we went. And it was their last sale. And it was the one DVD that was filled the racks because no one bought it. <laughs> I thought I owned it for that reason. I didn't. I watched this like free on Tubi. Um, but I thought, but anyway, the movie itself, I think there's a reason why Joel Schumacher, this was his last feature film. Well, yeah, jo- Joel Schumacher, again, this is his second outing with Cage, obviously the first being 8, eight millimeter, And that one's um, not that bad. But like Joel Schumacher himself, a very interesting guy. In like... Interesting enough to make claims that he slept with over twenty thousand men. It's like <laughs> just shows you what kind of director you're dealing with in this matter. Which, like, I don't know whether those like claims are true. I'm guessing bullshit on that. Um, <laughs> it's ten thousand. <laughs> but like the way this, like the way these movies tend to work, these kind of thrillers, is the payoff needs to be worth it and the payoff for this is just messy it's sloppy like you want a twist this movie has no t- it, it gives up it's like cards really early on why they're really there like you hope there's, there's going to be some double crossing like there's a moment i'm not sure if you picked up on this there's a moment where it's like this is not what we like sarah says this is not what we agreed to 
which made me think that it was going to a place of like, I was like oh shit. I, that's she's in on it. Me. Yeah, she's in on it. I was like, well, that's like, that's a twist. But this movie has no twist. No. And it's kind of like, what They're, the fuck is going on? It literally like, I'm going to jump to the end. It literally ends as like, all right, like happy family ending, one rough night. But not even that. Like their sole purpose for being there is that one of the guys who was supposed to do like reconnaissance on the house fell in love with Nicole Kidman's character, which is like just totally. And you like, think you think they're gonna have um like in that scene, like, oh, they had an affair. This is but it's just going wrong. No, he was just like, I love you, I'm stalking you. And she's like, leave me alone. And then she never fails to mention this weird encounter that she had with anyone. Well, it probably, like, this is probably a good moment to talk about the flashback moments in this film. Because I found them insufferable. They kind of, like, came (laughs) in with these, like, overexposed shots. And it's like, we get it. We get it. It's a flashback. Like, like, what more do you, unless they kind of did that, like, like that wavy effect on screen. Wipe. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like we, it's like we're 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 well in. We know, we know. This is like a capsule movie. It's set in a house. If there's another location, it's definitely going to be a flashback. Well, this this was the first. This, we're talking Cage too. This is his first. What I can truly consider the first landmark of the straight to DVD films. You look at the IMDb. The other ones before this were teetering theatrically. And then it's Trespass. And then it's like a theatrical release. And then it's, I I don't want to call them shit. Then it's just harder to do. But this movie's shit. Well, Um, what's interesting about that is like, this movie actually got a theatrical release and like, but like VOD at the same time. Oh, it holds the record at the time for soonest in the theaters, out of theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the VOD. So, but I agree with you though. Back to the the the, the flashbacks for Man of the. I'm a, not a big fan of flashbacks in movies to begin with, or recaps unless they're done well. And um, it it's it's. A, Sorry, I'm kind of jumping around there. I'm going to go back to Cage. This is a performance I actually did not like how he was doing in the sense of, like, he chose to do this weird character who, like, talks like he has autism. Yeah, he has this voice that I can only, like, describe as Nicolas Cage doing Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this kind of, like, oh, okay, are you going to... I got I mean, no money, I got no money. Like, he's just kind okay. of, like... Because he normally is like a, oh, it's me, Nick. But he has like this, oh, oh, geez, honey. Um, you know, uh, oh, geez, um, it's the diamonds. You need, you need a diamond cutter. But we're led to believe at the beginning that like he is smarter than he lets on, and like it just don't like the portrayal of the character. And it's really interesting. At one point, he refused to play that part. He wanted to play. going to bring Ben Mendelsohn's character. He wanted to play Elias. And like Joel Schumacher then offered the part to Lee Schreiber as, as uh, yeah, as, and it's just like that. I is- was going to bring that up that like, he was just like, I want to be this person. They were like halfway through filming. Which is 
absolutely like bizarre like and it, it tells you it shows you like you're not in you're not in for a good time if even no. the act, if the actors are not enjoying themselves like no oh nicole kidman looks like she'd rather be anywhere else um one thing i did notice on this uh this watch today was um the was that but yeah it's ben Mandelson, the main your main um your yeah, main the- uh burglar he was doing his best like Heath Ledger Joker. Well, like Ben Mendelsohn, like is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like on paper, this should work. Like if you look at that, if you look at that, like cast. Cage, Nick uh, Cage, Ben Mendelsohn, Nicole Kidman, a thriller. Yeah, it, it like Joe Schumacher. Do you know what I mean? It could have been. It, 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 in another hand, like it could have been up there with like Panic Room. It could have. Been... I was thinking Panic Room. So the thing I was rolling about that killed me. Speaking of how bad some things are, was I know it's I know it's little, but I was dying. They're supposed to be the smart family, you know. This the password is diamonds. Mm-hmm. They, I, I get it, but it, it, it was that to me was hysterical. Well, you, you mentioned that point of their password is diamonds. I question the operator from the like security system because the daughter does not sound like she's partying. She's, she's having a good time. Like she's oh. literally like, uh, uh, da, da, I, well, I, I, a, well, that's another thing you were bringing up earlier. Listen, there's no twist in this. Like, so you're thinking, I'm thinking, for, I'm watching, going, oh, she's still going to send someone up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Takes another call. Well, it's like that thing, like, I just kept thinking, like, what is this similar to? Like, and it's that thing, like, you think, like, inside man or something like that. Like, you get to the end and you're you're shown this reveal and it's like, oh, fuck. Or even, like, the Oceans films where it's like, everything's like, it's like a card trick. Everything's held away from you. And then you get this kind of, oh, here's your card. There is no, there is like the card you get dealt in this is a joker because it's like, ha, we got you. There is no twist. It's just this benign bullshit. It's just that this guy is obsessed with her. And it's like, really? That's the motive? Like this, this gang of like burglars as well make no fucking sense. So they have this like weird chaperone who looks like Guile from Street Fighter. And then they bring like, a drug adult stripper with them and it's they have like, no there's no chemistry through anything of any of the movie of any of the characters that yeah that and that is a, that is a really good point because like you want to care like watching watching any movie the kind of protagonist you want to care about them and in this i was like kind of like i don't i don't even know this family like it happens really quick like it's like well, they're not happy anyway. So why do I like if they were like a happy family and they got invaded and like got got their house got invaded? And then like got, things had been revealed throughout of like actually we have this and we have this. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Like, just they start off sad. Things get revealed that we kind of already knew, except the one part of she wasn't having a affair with the guy, but she. Like of the the with the roofer or of the painter or whatever, but he wanted it, and she was seriously questioning everything. 
It's just it's, it's a bizarre I, it's a bizarre setup. I'll tell you that for sure. Like I I, I don't know. Because when when you asked you sent me the it's, when you sent me the list like what do you want to talk about? I don't know why it was like trespass. I remember that being fine. <laughs> like I remember at least like I, I'll revisit it. There's enough probably to talk about. And it's like like you like I almost watch them all. So it's like you know I we just watched um. Oh, it was bad. But the uh, uh, the adjust, not the adjustment bureau, the bureau report or whatever. The humanity bureau. Humanity bureau. That was genuinely not good. I, I'm yet uh, to cover that movie, so I, okay. I haven't actually watched it. So um, <laughs> I'm now it, filled with joy to be, able to be watching <laughs> it. I mean, it it was fine. Um, but you know, I mean, this is no USS Indianapolis. Uh, or like left behind but like this is one of those movies where like if my dad caught it on like cable he'd watch it be like that was decent and forget about it like just go on with his life never remembering he saw this movie called Trespass well it's yeah it's an interesting thing around this time so this movie was released in 2011 the same year as Seeking Justice and it is kind of the time of Cage just doing these like almost forgettable movies that like just kind of he plays the average man in above it over his head which is like i don't know they feel like roles that would have been given to richard Gere in the 90s i have a story speaking not seeking justice same years though i have a story for you (laughs) um so as i said we watched these cage movies in college and i already mentioned there was a blockbuster with the Mm -hmm. trespass well, Stolen was being advertised at the time. And uh, this blockbuster was about, let's say, 20 minutes from where I was. So it was a, little, it was a drive. Middle of the night, I was like, I'm going to steal that Stolen poster. I want the cage <laughs> poster for our place. And it was one of these big vinyl ones. It was two pieces. That's how big it was. It was one they put in the front of the windows. Drove up, 2 a.m., Ripped it off, drove home. I had this stolen post. I don't think I have it anymore. I mean, it's you had seven a, years ago. You had a, had a stolen, st- stolen poster. Yes. It was two <laughs> parts. We put it in our college apartment, and there's a little sticky note on it that said, yes, this poster was stolen. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but, but, but being is that was the time with Seeking Justice stolen. You're starting to do these, like, I didn't even say Richard in the 90s. It was like someone was like, hey, uh, Liam Neeson's pre- doing pretty well with Taken. You should do some of those movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, Stolen was a ripoff of that, and that uh, this episode isn't that, but those all those movies, Seeking Justice, Stolen, uh, I can't think of other ones, but they're very similar, the same years. Trespass, it's like, it's 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 funny. It's like he took. I was like, I'll take the straight laced dad role, but also said, I'm gonna add my own twist to it. Let me do my thing, Joel. And his twist was being autistic. Well, like that is the cage way. From like speaking to people who've worked with him and um, just like watching all of his movies and like watching interviews and listening to people talk about him, he very much will come in and say like, 
I've got a take on this character or like it'll be like give one take like if we do seven takes of a shot give me one so like he he kind of like I commend him for it that he can kind oh, of I have like, no... yeah yeah he comes in and he kind of like he, he, he puts a stamp on it and like he does have some shining moments in this like there's a moment he kind of like really like gives it some gusto and it's like kind of like really fucking are you talking about with the the scene the scene where he's or at least this is what i'm thinking of where with the with the code yeah where they're like the code and he's like i don't know the code we don't know the code you know the diamonds are fake yeah he's just like he's just like you get this well you get that like cage intensity which like and like unfortunately in something like seeking justice never comes out whereas this it's like yeah it's, it's boiling it's it's nearly at boiling point and you're hoping for like a classic cage boil over where it's like that's oh, like now we got some good stuff like i watched one recently um i said i, I do watch these i don't yeah, yeah, shy yeah. away um where actually i thought it wasn't terrible but he had that hold back, which was definitely like it was like definitely they didn't want him doing his own character. Was um oh god, <laughs> see not that's how bad my memory is sometimes. You uh you fill the air for a second, right? Yeah, no worries. Um, <laughs> um, no, it was uh, you would just hold him back. It was uh, you. I know you're gonna get to this movie. Um, where the hell is it? Uh, Nicholas Cage. It was new. Well, you're going to be here a while. There's nine. There's 94 films to look through. Hopefully, you're an 105. Now it's close. It was um, a score to settle. A score to settle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's generic that's... mob movie. He held back though. Which, like, sometimes we sit like I. I don't know. He has the like. He does the range. That's what I do like about him. He, he does do the range. He well, does. there's this... Uh, I feel like you have it tattooed on your back. Um, there's this quote, uh, the Roger Ebert quote about Nicolas Cage is my all-time Nicolas Cage quote of a person talking about him. I'm going to paraphrase here, obviously. Uh, it was, you know, I don't understand why of our greatest actors of our generation, Nicolas Cage isn't up there with... De Niro, Pacino, and he rambled off a few, and then he said Nicolas Cage should be in there. You know what? And this is at the time when Knowing was released. So, like, two, mid-2000s, kind of yeah. when he really get it. He's always had that. Either you love him or you hate him reputation. Um, and Ebert was like, this is the only guy I see on screen, and I'm, like I said, I'm paraphrasing, and so on, that I, every time... Bad or good in a good movie is giving this a hundred and ten percent. Well, that's the truth. That's the movie. Was, yeah. Oh, sorry. It was saying in the movie back then. Let's say it's two thousand six when that quote was done. There was some big stinkers in there. He was still giving his all on them. Well, if we look back over his career, like even like the Wicker Man, as much of like a turkey as that movie is, Nicolas Cage is giving it. Like, and he does. Oh. He he turns up. He turns up all the time. Like. He is. He will. He will give. He will give a hundred and ten percent. And from speaking to people, he will be there first day. He will be there for table reads with my um scripts memorized. He will know his monologues. So like, so my 
my fiance. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was gonna say we can't knock the work ethic of him. Like he, he, he does. He yeah, likes. yeah. Well, what's funny about Wicker Man? And I know we're supposed to be talking about trespass guys, but no, there's no, no. not much to talk about. Um, my fiance, when we first watched, I had seen it, but we first watched Wicker Man. We're big fans of um, the How to Get Made podcast. Yep. Um, the Cage Staple. So for that, I was like, oh, we'll watch Wicker Man. And by the end of Wicker Man, I thought it was so interesting. She's not a horror movie person, this and that. She went, I mean, it's a bad movie. It's ridiculous. But there's a good movie in that movie somewhere. Meaning, like, Nicolas Cage has his moments of, like, the bees and this and that. But he's not bad in that movie. Well, that, it's, it, like I think that movie is let down from the get-go in the fact that the opening titles are written in papyrus. Uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, there's um, there's a movie called The Covenant. Is a How to Escape Made one called The Covenant. It's like about witches. It's like mm-hmm. um, the Winter's terrible with the Winter Soldier. It's like male witches. That one also has an intro. It's like a two minute slideshow written in papyrus to let you know the backstory. Yeah. So like with in regards to trespass, like this the. Let, let, let's kind of like break down these burglars we have. So we have we have obviously Ben Mendelssohn's character who is sporting a fantastic mustache. I'll give him I was going to say, the mustache is a character itself. It comes through his mask. It shines. Uh, actually, if I were to, if you were to break down every bit of this, which we're doing, Ben Mendelssohn is the only good part of this yeah and like that's the thing like for him in his career this is this is early ben mendelson obviously an actor who who kind of like made made a bit of his name for himself in um uh animal kingdom the australian film but then obviously has gone on to do like amazing stuff he's in the uh netflix show is it bloodline like, yes he's, he's in bloodline and um he was in the Dark Knight Rises. He's kind of like he's just, a good actor. He, he's an amazing character actor. Just has this like presence to him, which mm-hmm. is like, and, and it's great casting in this because he does have this like underlying menace to him <laughs> that just is like it's what you need from. Oh, Tony, like, he was doing at one point. He was doing Heath Ledger's Joker, which is in this like, role. Which is not, not an insult. This, yeah, not a bad comparison at all. Like a lot of no, people hold that up as like. Uh, which but, is a, so. Sorry, it's, go a, on. it's a weird thing you mention Heath Ledger's Joker because this this movie has three ties to the Batman franchise. Obviously, we George have George Schumacher. Yep. Nicole Kidman. Oh yeah. So like we kind of have like. This weird melange of people who have somehow been involved with Batman and then also have done this very, very stinky thriller about a family we do not care about. Oh, I just put a bullet in their heads. Um, but uh, I don't remember on the burglars. These all these things. We're talking about the actors a lot right now. And. I was very. I looked up on the IMED at the time. I was very curious because it looked like if you were to look at the careers in 2000, 2011, it looked like Nicole Kidman was going in the way of Nicolas Cage. 
by doing this movie and some other things. You know, the female cage. Like, I'm just going to do all these things. Like, she, like, Nicholas, like, this is insulting. Nicholas Cage had all the business in the world being in this movie at the time. Um, Nicole Kidman had no business to be in this movie. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I pull up her, I pull up her IMDb at the time and where she's going. And I was like, oh, you know what? It, it makes sense. And then she rebounded herself because we realized in like the, the, the years of the 2011 to now, you know, she's been nominated for Emmys. She's been nominated for Oscars. Like she's, she's been in, in good things and not just like the weird good. Like we look at cage. Um, well, she's you know. like similar in cage and that obviously like a year later, she did the paper boy, which is kind of like, that's a that's a cult film though. I I exactly, feel like the... but it's 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 in that like Cage does those like cult movies that occasionally yeah, just it... jump out at the zeitgeist and catch people. But yeah, then it gives actually, her while she's doing that, to actually bounce she ca- back. <laughs> she caged it up. Uh, you know what? She has a few that shines out of nowhere, like. So you know what I, I'm I'm wrong there, but it's an interesting <laughs> pairing. But um, so the the rest of the burglars. Um, so that, then you have the guy who's in love with her. Yeah, Jonah. Who's the like, Jonah? So his relationship is he's Elias's Ben Mendelsohn's character's brother. So we yeah. have this. We have this again. We don't find that out until way into the movie at least 45 minutes and it's like well this like this isn't a a reveal that changes anything it's just like this feels like sloppy story writing well it's like funny because they you think um you think it's gonna have something to do with it it doesn't and they also act like they're held up in um in like a uh, like a negotiate like a negotiation situation, mm-hmm. like like I was wondering the whole time, like why are they using their names? Well, they're just like you know, like it's it's very much it's sloppy story writing. Well, it is that thing that they are just in over their heads, but not in like the way. This could be totally different. Like it's kind of they've gone. Ah, oh, all right, dog day afternoon. We'll take some like, we'll take some kind of hapless fools who are trying to rob somewhere, but they're not the they're not the lead characters. We'll take this kind of unlikable family, like one of the things I was hoping when when I was kind of like, oh, okay, here's a family who who are drenched in wealth and are kind of like, maybe we're supposed to not root for them. Maybe we're supposed to be like, ah, this is like a kind of parasite style mm-hmm. story where it's like this is a send up of like of of people of wealth and like they're getting they're getting their comeuppance but then it's like nobody in this movie is likable we've got this family that it's like oh right so we've got a daughter who doesn't really give a shit about her parents we've got two parents who kind of like from the get-go i'm like my first note was like they're in a loveless marriage yes like so it's like oh honey (laughs) like and like we Ugh. see within the first like two minutes, he's hiding stuff from her. Like she's she seems cagey for want of a better word, like yeah. with him. And it's just like 
it's muddy and like that's the thing when you get the payoff at the end that it's like we're all a happy family who love each other it's like well i don't fucking care i don't i don't care about any of you because like the film has given me no reason to care about any of you because from the get-go you weren't likable people no it it, and it's hard to stay with the grant like give me something I think, like, I think a way to improve it is they should have made the, they should have made, like, maybe the, the daughter's relationship with the parent, at least one of the parents, like, very, like, oh, like, I love my mom, but I hate my dad because he's a hard ass or something like that. Yeah, Not, but... you know, like, you know, it was an engaging, it's a very different Cage movie, but of recent, but engaging, and they think they did that well with the kids was mom and dad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for you know, like, so that's a real miss. I, you're right. I, I, I think after revisiting, you're absolutely right. Of, it's this crime thriller, this hostage thriller that should have worked. It's a recipe for success, and it just doesn't. No one showed up to care. One thing I was, I don't know if you were able to, because know, you know you do your research. Um. So I googled Josh or trespass movie commentary, right? It's like, oh, I wonder if there's a director's comment. No commentaries, none of this, or at least I, I can't find any. No, no, no. Um, but a, a web, it's defunct now because their servers are definitely not on. A website had a commentary track of Joel Schumacher doing a trailer commentary. <laughs> I couldn't find it, but it wouldn't load. I'm like, I wonder what he says in that. Probably nothing. I, I I couldn't manage to find anything like that. Um, there there was an interview on the DVD, but I imagine like from Joel Schumacher. But I imagine it's just him going, "Please see my movie." Please, mm-hmm. Like it's it seems like even he didn't show up. Like some of the angles in this film, like there's a lot of Dutch angles. Like there are like give it like credit due. Like movies are hard hard work to make. Like there are some like the setup like there are moments in it like you're like oh this is quite tense but like these movies heavily rely i can't stress this enough heavily rely on a decent payoff and this Mm -hmm. do you know i mean it's like i don't know for yeah for as crass as this sounds it's like sex without the orgasm like that's what this movie kind of boils down to. It's like it's like I'm pumping and pumping. I I think it's then... more of like a dirty hand job by getting busted by your parents like midway through <laughs> than <laughs> sex. Yep, yep. Oh, it's okay. like it's <laughs> like ah, like you're wanting to give me you're wanting to give me one, so I'm letting you. But like this isn't doing anything. Sorry to be even more crass. <laughs> Um, no, that is that is that is a perfect analogy for this movie because even like when we get to the end and like there's the reveal like of the money was there the whole time in like what like which is a scene that is lifted straight from lethal weapon 2 like, I, you know what i'm not familiar with lethal weapon 2 enough to even pick up on that so there's this scene where like it kind of boils down to a fight it may even be Lethal Weapon One, uh, but like, yeah, there's a fight in in a part of a rent, like a, house, a part of the house that's being renovated, mm-hmm. and 
<laughs> Cage manages to nail Gunner Guy's foot to the floor, which is like... Of course. And yeah, the money's behind like a stud wall, and it's just like... I don't that is care. one thing... I give this movie props. They actually got nail gun technology correct. Because um, most movies, you know, they shoot them, and that's not how nail guns work. You have to press onto something. You have to have the nozzle press, and this one did that right. Even the guy said, it ain't going to work, honey, how you're holding it at that one point. So one the- one positive... But then you know from that moment, I knew, I knew from that moment, I was like, that nail, do you know what I mean? That was like the, that was the bomb under the table. That mm-hmm. was like the, that was the MacGuffin. That was the, that was the Pulp Fiction suitcase. And I was like, that's coming back. That's got some relevance. That yeah. nail has some relevance. And I was like, and then when it, when it came back, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I don't Maybe care. this was just a tax write off. Hey, I don't know about I don't know about Joel Schumacher's uh, <laughs> I don't ta- know tax problems. I do know a bit about Nicolas Cage's. I imagine, like, but I could understand why. Obviously, all the people involved in this got involved in it. I can understand why Cage got involved. I can understand why Nicole Kidman got involved. Get it? It was probably honestly like not a long shoot. You're gonna get paid. It might be decent material. Let me move on next. Well, like, yeah, like as as I've learned a lot of the time, a lot of scripts are amazing. The finished product, not so much. You know who? <laughs> um, as we're, we're talking about Cage, and we're talking about his direct to DVD ness and this and that. You know who I don't think? Uh, you know which direct to DVD movies I've watched a few of, or streaming or whatever that I don't think makes good ones that people put in the same campus cage is uh, uh, Bruce Willis's. He does more than Cage. He does almost more than Cage does. Yeah, Bruce Willis. And they're not good. Well, the thing is, I don't think like Bruce Willis's USP is the same as Cage's because Cage's like USP is like sometimes even though you may get a turkey of a cage movie. At least you've got that glimmer of hope that you're going to get some kind of like rage. You're going to get the rage mm. in cage. You're going to get some of fun. Whereas like Bruce Willis, you're going to get, uh, uh, you're going to get some grunts. So you're going to like There's money in the cabin or the high. That sounds po- like a line they'd say. <laughs> the high point you'll get is like a John McClane, but like even that. He, he, don't get me started on the on on the later uh, dialogue. Oh movies. God! Because even though, like, yeah. I'm sorry, I even brought it up. Yeah, you're. Um, but yeah, I tr- trespass is a this very disappointment because to me it should have been one of the. So if I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at these type of movies, right? And I think there's always one that's actually like, hey man, that's not that bad. Like, don't shit on it. Trespass should have been one of those because I thought the movie Stolen was like, I remember thinking, honestly, not terrible. Mm-hmm. Same with um, Frozen Ground. I'm all kind of doing the same time frame, that early, 2000, early 2010s. Uh, I was like, not a bad movie. It just went to VOD. Um, this one is a bad movie. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, it's like, 
uh, actually, shit, I vlog all my movies on Letterboxd. I got to log this one. I have not. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's fun though to talk about Cage. That is, at the end of the day, you could, you could talk about anyone he does and pick anything. And if you want to go to a big Cage factor, he his hair was uh, normal. Well, this is like, this is questions I always ask at the end of the podcast. Feels like a perfect time to start wrapping this thing up. Is that, yeah, I have a three point system which I kind of rate Cage movies on. And the first question always is Does Cage have bad hair in this movie? Um, no, I think his hair is age appropriate. He didn't overdo it. And the second question is always. Does Cage do anything crazy with his voice? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he, he, he does like an old-timey accountant jeweler from like uh, like a caricature of someone, but also, uh, I, I really don't mean to be offensive when I say it, he also acts like he has autism. Well, it's very nasal, isn't it? It's very like yeah. he's got a, a clip on his nose and he's like, I haven't got any money. I'm, I'm, I'm broke. I'm you know broke. what he's doing? You know what voice he's doing? And my ma- you would know this. <laughs> um, remember the, uh, it went viral a couple of years ago, that weird like thing where he comes out, it's like a weird video. He comes out with a prosthetic nose. He's really young. The cars break down on the side of the road. Oh, this is, this is flying over my head. Oh shit. It like, it like, um, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. It made, it just randomly went viral. Okay. It's some like student film almost. Uh-huh. I think a couple other famous people are also in it. But Cage gets out of this car in a Firebird, and he talks in that voice. He looks very um. He has a big, long prosthetic nose on. Oh, um, it, uh, never on a Tuesday. It's yeah. like a film where he's got like yeah. He literally turns up for two seconds. Yeah, this is a very yeah. yeah this is like. 1989 cage yeah yeah so that that went viral like the clip went viral like last year you do i knew you would know that you knew the name i didn't know the name he (laughs) he um he's doing that voice yeah which seems like a weird place to mine from because it's like that movie is not good i've watched oh you have yeah that was (laughs) that, that 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 was like maybe uh, that was early, early, early in, on this podcast. That was, <laughs> I love that was, it. That was not fun. Like the only version of that I could find as well at the time was like a VHS rip on. YouTube. Oh, that's definitely what the clip pulled because it's really bad quality. You're like, is yeah. that him? Yep. Um. Anyway, that's his voice I'm hearing in it. Uh, I, I, I wish he channeled Vampire's Kiss in this one just to say fuck it. <laughs> he does channel Vampire's Kiss in Color Out of Space um, for you. I'm looking because, forward to that. Because Richard Stanley, um, I could I could save this for I'm not I'm not invited on any more. I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, Richard Stan, we just talked about it on a Fire State of Film. Richard Stanley's favorite movie was uh, Vampire's Kiss, so which is is very weird because that is also uh Panos Cosmotis's favorite Nicolas Cage yes. film and they've both obviously cast him recently um so my third and final question that I always ask my guests to kind of 
gauge this cage movie or gauge any cage movie is do we get what many many people crave for when they watch a Nicolas Cage movie is do we get a freak out no I don't think you get a worthwhile one um, I think there's like things that would might make the clip real mm-hmm. um, but you don't get a worthwhile one um, and uh, I have problem with some of that being like the movie nerd I am like I hate just a sidebar I Isn't hate it? that like in the Nick Cage freakout loses his shit that they put matchstick men's character the matchstick men character in that because that is a like a beautiful movie and that is well deserved in that scene where he's not just losing it to be cage anyway that's well, that my is, beef that's very much <laughs> like a character quirk as well isn't it yeah that's, that is the character suffers from ticks that's my like, beef in yeah, that yeah. movie. Sorry, I just meant to say that when you say it, but no, I, I answered the straightforward answer. I don't think there's any worth the freakouts. I think there's minor freakouts that we've said through this podcast. He he shines through at some moments with it. He has it. But there's nothing like, like I almost wish there was a scene where he was like ripping the DVD or the, the, the shit off the walls, being like, you want a password or something like that? You want the, like, fine. Like, there's none of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of all just pretty vanilla and just kind of like, just sit like, I don't know, like, yeah, which leads me to like the, would you recommend people watch this movie, Joe? No, man, I got like 25 more we could put ahead of this one. (laughs) This is one where I'm glad we talked about it, Um, but I'm also like, there is, there's, no one, nowhere ever would I say, yeah, Trespass is on cable. You should watch it. Um, you, you go take a walk. <laughs> it's it, you'll have a better time. Um, and there are like there are worse movies he's been in, but sometimes not the worst thing is uh is just a boring, dull movie, and that's this. Like it's competently made people showed up to act it's just boring well i guess the thing is a lot of the time it's mediocrity that it Mm. is that is like kind of hampers the film the most which i guess trespass well i know trespass suffers from is just a level of mediocrity and like as i've said doesn't have the payoffs that this kind of genre really warrants a lot of the time it doesn't have that oh shit moment that you really want from something like this and it kind Ooh. of it teeters you up oh well, yeah though the payoffs it gives you aren't payoff enough like the well, fact- what would you want to see what, what was like one thing you'd want to see in this movie i like that like you know we're wrapping it up but no 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 the thing i would have loved to have seen in this movie is like yeah one of the things i've said throughout this podcast is just some kind of like there was some double cross or like like cage was a piece like it, it turned out that like even like cage's character was a piece of shit and had like no, managed to, managed to like swindle his money elsewhere or like it turned out he had fucking hired them guys or something like that and it was like all a bit like he ended up getting in a van with them 
and like left the scene because it was just a way to kind of like almost you want almost like um like i don't know why this movie came to my head but like remember an inside man like like him leaving the him leaving the bank at the end you're like he's been in there the whole time yeah or like that he like he like faked it. this whole ploy was for him to fake his death. Mm-hmm. Go off. He his- hired the painters to hit on Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah. To- that would have been like, whoa, fuck. One, you know I mean? It could have gone we- two ways. It could have gone. It could have gone great, or it could have gone like reindeer's games. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so like, it, like it that would have been fun. <laughs> the reindeer's games ending would have worked for this. We um one thing I would have we haven't really touched on um too much because I don't think there's much to talk about is even the thing with the daughter. It was so silly of like I have a friend who who wants to have sex with me. Like I'll go, he's loaded. I'll go get money from him. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't. Not saying everything needs to make sense. Like I, I don't think that's a way to go and watch movies, but it didn't make sense in your plot. Like just so she could crash the car and add a little more drama. Well, a lot of this movie felt like it was just like going, we'll do that so we can do this. Like, in regards of, yeah, in regards, regardless of the plot, regardless of like, we need to do this so it can push the plot forward, which for me is always like, that's a bad sign. And especially if you can see that. And especially if you can see that on first watch, you're like, oh, this is no, no, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> I will pass on this. I will take something else, please. Because <laughs> refresh my memory, what was the plot of Eight Millimeter? Eight Millimeter is very interesting plot. I've seen Eight Millimeter. I'm just it's been ten years. So Eight Millimeter is like he plays like um like an investigator, and there's like a snuff movie, and he's got to kind yes of get to the bottom of it, which is like that is. They made a competent movie. They're, yeah, they're yeah. not at their peaks, but... I'd like Sh- Schumacher obviously had a promising start in filmmaking. It kind of like I teetered off like he's obviously known for kind of the death of Batman in the 90s. And then it took Christopher Nolan to kind of drag that out <laughs> of the gutter. But like, I guess, yeah, this is kind of like he went out with a whimper not a bang yeah it's it's a bit of a bummer to see this being his last i mean for now his last feature that someone's let him do well it it totally makes sense that nobody has hired him since because if this is he's showing up and just like producing this this dirge (laughs) i I don't i don't i don't really want to see anything you're right (laughs) <laughs> right, he's by old too, but you know, I mean, it, yeah, it, I don't know. It's it's like you can talk about everything and you can talk about nothing about this movie at the same time. Uh, um, I just had to double check. Joel Schumacher is very much alive. He's eighty years old. I, I was did, gonna say I, maybe he's just older, and that makes sense why he doesn't work. He retired. But yeah, I was worried for a second that I was like. Just ripping into a dead guy. <laughs> I knew he wasn't dead because the minute <laughs> the minute he dies, that's the minute people start going, you know, Batman and Robin, not as bad. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. um that's already started. Um 
uh, I know Batman or Rob myself is one of the ones was like, I loved it. And then when I started like early teenage, early teenagers really like liking film more and knowing what bad was being like, Oh yeah. My favorite Batman movie actually is a bad movie. I'm still allowed to find it fun and watch it, <laughs> but it's a bad movie. Um, I actually don't really find it fun anymore, but if you were to ask me, because that was the Batman when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah. Well, like, that those movies kind of gain this ironic cult status whereas i feel that unfortunately trespass will not fall into that trespass if trespass wasn't on digital it wasn't on multiple platforms it'd be one of those movies if it was in the 80s that we wouldn't be able to get our hands on because it was put on like betamax and never anywhere else (laughs) um that's trespass um I feel like Trespass probably is on HD DVD somewhere. <laughs> I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I saw that when I was uh, looking in my secondhand store when I was uh, you know, finding the DVDs whilst doing this. Um, yeah, because the uh, that was the one thing. So when I I first watched it, I was like, oh, YouTube had. It. I've never watched a movie on YouTube like through the like, oh, YouTube has it. Well, YouTube edits it so. You, viewers at home don't don't watch it on YouTube, um, but they bleep and edit. Uh, but Tubi has it for free, and that's just commercials. But there's no, um, it's not edited out. Well, that kind of really boils it down to what to what you get here. Like you get a movie that is okay if you watch it with trailers and and and, and, mm-hmm. and commercials. But I wouldn't pay for it. I wouldn't go out and watch it, which like feels like a perfect time to wrap this up. So I swear I, <laughs> I was to say wrapping. I swear I own this movie, and I cannot find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it has managed to just disappear into paper. <laughs> um, so, Joe, obviously you host Flyover State Film Podcast. Um, where can people catch up with what you guys are doing? And yeah, where where can we find you on on the IRL? Yeah, you could find me you on. Uh, <laughs> you could find uh, my podcast with uh, three of my or four or in total four of us, four of good bud- three of my good buddies uh, hosting, talking different movie topics each week, having a lot of fun, playing games. That's Flyover State of Film on YouTube, uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Honestly. Anywhere we could find podcasts, SoundCloud. And then if you just want to hear me and my uh, my thoughts on things, I get a little cagey a lot on Twitter. I like to have a lot of fun, um, be very tongue-in-cheek. You can follow me at Chendango1. That's uh, C-H-E-N-D-A-N-G-O-1 on Twitter. And uh, that's where uh, main thing you can just communicate with me and honestly uh, talk a decent Nick Cage. Decent Nick Cage. <laughs> Well, that's been absolutely perfect, Joe. It's been an absolute honour having you on the podcast. My, My pleasure. There we go, guys. Trespass is done and dusted, swept under the carpet to never be talked about again. 
just very much like Joel Schumacher's career since that movie never released another film. I wonder why that is. Um, Joe, again, was a fantastic guest tonight. Many of the guests I get on this, he reached out to me over Twitter and he, 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 he I think he left the, what he thought was quite a flippant remark, which was, uh, do, do you want an expert to talk about these films? Uh, and I was like, yeah, come on, let's, let's duke it out. Let's talk some cage. Um, but yeah, talking to Twitter, if you ever want to follow me, it's at Caged in Pod, and that's the same for Facebook. And uh, Instagram's a bit different. It's just my full name, Petros Patsilovus underscore uh, on Instagram. It's just my personal one. I do I do post on there about Caged In. Um, but Twitter's probably the best place to find me. Or if you feel differently about Trespass, if you think that it's a work of genius and I'm somehow uh, misunderstanding it or... I, I made some points that are wrong or yeah you just in general want to tell me i'm wrong about any of the nick cage films i talked about feel free to um on email which is cagedinpod at gmail.com uh, i'm more than happy to just yeah have a conversation about anything and uh, as i always ask uh, especially lately if you want to if you want to leave a rate review it'd be amazing if you did uh, on apple podcasts if you just get in like the review box and instead of writing like a review going like, oh, the podcast is great or whatever, like even if that is your thoughts, I, I, I love to hear it, but I want, I want to hear something a bit different from you. I want to hear about your favorite Nick Cage film or your first Nick Cage film and like your opinion on it or, or why it's your favorite one or just kind of like, did you become a fan after watching that first one? Just anything like that. And over the weeks, yeah, over the coming months or whatever, I'll go through them and I'll, I'll, I'll read them out on, obviously if you're happy for me to do that, I'll read them out. But I just think it'll be like a way to keep up like a, a community thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Other people can read that as opposed to just like the kind of, I don't know, generic, like, I really like this podcast or I, I hate this podcast. Uh, the the host is infuriating and he's he's not knowledgeable about film or Nicolas Cage uh, in any way, which may be true. It may not be true, um, but I'm trying. I'm I'm putting this out and it's it's a lot of fun and hopefully for you guys at home it's it's fun too. So yeah, if you want to do that, that's completely up to you. But seeing as we all have loads of time on our hands right now, why not? It takes two minutes. So as always, I've been Petra Patsilovus. I've been caged in. You've been amazing. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. And I will see you next week to talk about justice or seeking justice, depending on where you live, what territory. This this movie has two titles. But yeah, uh, I'll be joined by Phil from those movie guys, one of my personal uh, favourite podcasts. Uh, they're, they're fantastic. Both Phil and Joe have been super supportive to caged in and always, always talk about me for some reason they they kind of think i'm some kind of podcast savant um comedic genius in some regards and uh i i, I think those two are great uh they've got this this amazing chemistry and yeah have this dynamic and it's just two friends talking about films and it was an absolute blast to have phil on and you'll hear how good the conversation is next week so until then bye This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copa Connections, A Drooptown Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. 
Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.